sets up. Felton Davis ends up. Diving catch. Touchdown, Michigan State. From WDBM East Lansing, you are listening to Spartan Red Zone, the student voice of Michigan State football. This is the source for the best analysis, updates, and much more for Spartan football. Welcome back into a somber edition of Spartan Red Zone, episode 10, as we uh, take a dive into the Michigan teams against Wisconsin teams this week. I'm Ryan Collinger, host alongside Alex McRae, Joe Dandron, and Aiden Hunt. It's been a bad week to be a Michigan State and Detroit Lions fan. Yeah, it's um, been really, really um, sad. Yeah, that's that's probably the best word for it's, it. It's uh, I, I just, I hate Detroit Lions fans so much on Twitter. It is unbelievable. <laughs> they the have worst. completely ruined this whole situation for me, because they did. They literally the they got screwed. It's pretty clear, and they probably would have won if they didn't call that first hand to the face. And they like take everything and they turn it up to like a hundred and fifteen. Like, I got to see screen grabs of TJ Hawkinson on a play. He dropped the football, and they're calling, oh, yeah, he had his hands in his face. Thanks, dude. Thanks. But I, I know this is a college football podcast, but I had to start off the show, the li- little Lions venting. I thought McCray would want to, too. You know, it's really frustrating because I try to be as objective as I can on yes. Twitter. I'm self-admittedly admittedly, one of the biggest Lions fans I know. One of my f- best questions I always ask somebody is, "What? who are the five quarterbacks who played for the Lions in 2008? Oh, I, I what's it called? Orlowski, uh, John Kitna. Wow, Drew Stanton. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. Dante Culpepper Dante and Drew Cole- Henson. I knew... I knew Drew Henson play. I did not think Dante Culpepper was on that team. No, he was. They, <clears> they signed him midseason, I'm pretty sure. I thought it was like the year after when he was trying to like fight Martin Mayhew because Stafford was starting on Thanksgiving. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was that was a trip. Yeah, but Joe, let's get to Joe Dandron and talk about his great Browns teams. Freddie Kitchens, is he already on the hot seat? Yeah, the seat is uh, getting warmer. As yes. we speak, okay. and uh, Freddie Kitchens not very good at his job, apparently. Yeah, no, um, he stinks. So uh, Bruce Arians is saying, "Thanks, Browns, for passing on me again." Yep, they should have, should have, should have grabbed old Bruce while they could. I know the Buccaneers aren't good either, but he would have been better than this. You should take Matt Nagy, Bears fan over there, <laughs> Aiden Hunt. Should take him. I don't he made the playoffs last year. I don't year. want him. Well, made the no, playoffs. Last yeah, year. and he didn't do anything. I think it was two games in. When was the last time they the Browns made the playoffs? Game. It's the second game last season? Or no, it's no, been a long the double time. Right? Yeah, the double doink game. The double doink game the was a, a supernatural event. Okay. However, I think it was the second game of the season. I don't know what Matt Nagy did, but I think he was like on grounds for being fired after two games. Really? Because of, not actually, but just of how horrible of a call he made. It's very clear Matt Nagy coached with, with Andy Reid for a long period of clock time. Clock management Because the not dude good. doesn't know how to manage the clock or his timeouts <laughs> or his team, for that matter. Yeah. But, so, hey. So, well, yeah, yeah, Browns hey, can yeah. take him. Blowing if, uh, a 20-6 to six lead is not good. No, And neither not. is turning over the ball no, a lot. No, it's not. Yeah. Which, apparently, Baker Mayfield does a lot of. A ton of. I called an interception when we were watching yeah, the game the in the car. It was brutal. And man, oh, man. 
That's all I got to say. Hey, last thing about the NFL, Matrix. Well, it's more of a more of a fantasy note. Also, shout out to Joe Dandron's fantasy team for losing to me when I failed to start Stefan Diggs, who had forty three point five points, and Terry McLaurin, who had twenty six points. Matrix was not happy in the tar about still, it. Still, still beat him by almost thirty points. I, Which is, ma- I is my team bad or is yours very good? My team is one and four, or was one and four, Joe. I think my team is very bad. I will say this: <laughs> if you're asking me for fantasy advice, you're asking the wrong person. And Matre asked me, I was like, you know what? You got you gotta start Tyler Boyd. He was horrible. I'm oh, awful. I remember I'm that. horrible <laughs> at fantasy football. I'm not gonna tell you my record, just not good at it. That's why I like college football a little bit more than pro football. And I'll tell you, good weekend of college football, unless you're a Michigan State fan. It's a fantastic weekend. It really we were at the worst game. Yes, definitely. Horrible game. Hands down. But uh Mad like down. first college football playoff altering upset of the year. How about them game cops, as wow. Will Muschamp would say, going into Sanford Stadium and beating the Georgia Bulldogs and taking the hedges. Know what, Georgia? You want you want your hedges taken? Don't lose to South Carolina at home. Don't throw three picks. I know, bad ones, too. At not Jake good. Fromm. I, not good. I'm a big Jake Fromm I guy. I am, too. But that was a horrible performance. That Georgia team just looked awful. They were not good. I, w- I don't know what Georgia Twitter is like right now, but if they're going after Rodrigo, I won't be happy. I feel so bad no. for Rodrigo. Rodrigo Blankenship, Rod- like Georgia's such a kicker. Nice guy. He's yeah. the only reason they won the Rose Bowl, too, two years ago. He was a big reason they had a chance in that college football playoff. I mean, uh, national title game, too. The, he's probably the best kicker in the nation still. Yeah. Just because he misses two kicks against South Carolina, people want to crucify yeah. him, but it's whatever. Another game in the SEC, Florida LSU. Impressed by Florida Shout out to LSU for an all-time cover right there. Go Tigers. That was With incredible. Ryan goal, was... Line, goal line stand. It was unbelievable. You were freaking out. I was fired up. But... We were all watching the game together. That was that was a it. fun experience. We'll get time. into that a little later, but that <laughs> yeah, was a fun experience. Yeah, but yeah, Coach O being Coach O, coming to Tiger Stadium with dreams come to die. I, I mean, I love that. Absolutely <laughs> love that. Florida's good, though. I like. I was very surprised how they performed. Defense travels. Yeah, but they, it wasn't even their defense. Their offense was able to that keep quarterback up with LSU. who McRae. I think you've got a little bit of information yeah. on him. That's kind of interesting. That guy was playing well. Yeah, I, Kyle. He was horrible, and it's Auburn too. So yeah, it, it was surprising to see really how well he's been able to play so far this season overall, at least. Yeah, and a guy who somehow got into Florida, right? Who yeah, he did was, not even start in high school. He was a two star sophomore. He was a two star recruit that uh, last started as a JV quarterback when he was a freshman Dude, in high school. He had to be like one of those guys who just absolutely like tore it up on seven on seven camps. He yeah he uh, that's sat, all he did. Probably. He sat behind Derek King. For yeah, three years. Derek King's way better than him. That's yeah. why. Florida, Florida Florida's only five and a half point favorites this week against I, South Carolina. We'll talk about that later. But I mean, Florida, I'll say this Kyle Trask played a lot better than I thought. If he doesn't throw that pick in the end zone, they probably go down right to the wire. But LSU probably got the best resume in college football right now. Go Tigers. 100%. Nether game, battle for the old Shillelagh. USC didn't look horrible, but they, uh, they lost to Notre Dame. And that brings up the question again, who's replacing Clay Helton? Because he's definitely not going to be the coach next year. I, I don't have a name. that Without Urban Meyer, who do they fill him with? Because that's the only name I hear. Um, That's what I'm saying. I, I Bob don't, Stoops? Jim Harwell? I, no. Mario I mean, Cristobal? Like Lane Kiffin? Lane Train. Bring him Lane back. Lane Train. <laughs> Round two. 
But uh, James Franklin. I, oh, no. I people <laughs> Kyle Winningham. There were rumors a bunch about of names. there were rumors about James Franklin going to USC next, last year, but they never really fired Helton. But I don't know. I mean, he he's a good recruiter, so I he might recruiter. fit. He I, might I be able to. He Franklin, might be a good fit for USC. I could see Franklin being a USC guy. Oh, I'm definitely. not gonna lie. I could he, see him being. He a seems USC like a guy, guy who would love that way. Yeah. Love oh yeah. Way. But I he's from PA, so I don't know if he that's an attractive destination for him. But yeah, Joe put Freddie Kitchens on here because he wants to pawn him off on someone else. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to. <laughs> metaphorically Fine. punt Freddie Kitchens away yes. from the, get him out of you. USC may I present to you Matt Nagy. Uh, <laughs> hey, dude, dude chill. Did... You made the playoffs. Yeah, but whatever. But uh, uh, that brings me to a larger question. I, I we talked about Georgia with a college football playoff like defining loss. I, I think it's Bama, Oklahoma, OSU, and Clemson are basically lots for the CFP. Unless a Bar- un- barring any unbelievable slip ups. Barring like Wisconsin beating OSU, I don't see any like like Clemson's not losing in the ACC. They're just way better. And then Oklahoma, they they just looked flat out better against Texas, and their defense looked a lot better than I expected them against Sam Ellinger and that tef, Texas offense. And Bama's Bama, yeah, they're, they're they're the class of the SEC again. You don't you don't think LSU is in that conversation, or no, even Wisconsin? I don't think they are yet. I think I they think have to go to Tuscaloosa, I which is huge. LSU and Wisconsin are the very clear five and six. That I would that's that was my question. Who is five and six? And I would probably agree with those two teams. And then outside of that, like Notre Dame at seven. Notre I mean, Dame's stock kind of hurts since Georgia lost. But yeah, I mean it's still not a bad loss though. It was a good yeah. game. It was close. It was in it was in Athens. Yeah, it's a hostile environment. I I could see Georgia getting back into it if the Georgia wins out. They're gonna be in the playoff. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, so yeah. because they, they do have that win over Notre Dame and, helps their resume a lot. And they'll beat Bama or, or presumably LSU in the SEC championship game if it comes to that. And any, Auburn. Any one loss team that is a power power five. Yeah, power five outside of maybe like Utah. Yeah, definitely still has a chance. Okay. I okay. mean, statistically, they they can have a chance. None of them have impressed me to be like, wow, they can beat. Uh, Bama, OU, OSU, or Clemson. Like, LSU still? L- they got to go to Alabama. That's yeah, my that's, that's yeah it thing. is hard to that's buy into. Thing. It's hard to buy in a team into a team against Alabama. I the thing that. about it though, like if they lose to Alabama and they go eleven and one, it will be interesting what they do with them. It, it will be. It will be because very interesting because you could have a. Two you'd have SEC to have a Clemson or an OU. A Clemson or OU would have to lose. Yes. No, but, I think Ohio State would be the team that's left out. No, but if Ohio State went undefeated, they're going. They're going to be in. Well, okay, yeah. If you that's get if saying. you get four undefeated teams, sure. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, it would be interesting if uh, LSU goes 11 and one, and like it's a close game against Bama, and Bama this flat out looks like the best team in the conference. So that that will be interesting. But another thing that was very interesting was our trip to Madison, Wisconsin. All four of us including Eric Bach, our driver, who absolutely wants to murder every single person on the road <laughs> at all times, were in Madison this weekend. Eric Bach is the worst road rage he, of any human being I've ever seen. It's not that bad. My dad's uh, No, I've worse. seen pretty bad, too. Yeah, that's I mean, way worse. He just gets annoyed at every little thing that everybody else does, and it I, it's kind of funny to me. It would, The funniest thing I've ever heard maybe in my entire life was I, I get shotgun on the way back because I slept on the floor. For the two nights. And uh, someone goes, I think it was you, Dandron. You go, 
Hey, do you want to play music? And he's like, guys, I just need peace and quiet right now. <laughs> that was he, like, it was like five minutes in the drive. I was like, all right, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's going to set the tone he's for the rest like, of this. He's like George Costanza. He's like, serenity now, serenity. He's just like in the car, like trying not to break something. Not even with the radio. He was like, no radio. It was awesome. It was hilarious. I love that. Love that move. But overall, Madison's a hell of a college town. No, I loved it. It was loved great. It. Unbelievable. I mean, we didn't really, we kind of, Got to see like where like the cla- where kids sort of classes and stuff like that. Dinner we saw like one dormitory, but we saw like where people go out in yeah. Madison, and that's a pretty cool place to be. I will say the dorms kind of looked like prisons, nineteen seventies office buildings. Yeah, but the downtown area was was really nice. It was oh sweet. yeah, both downtown areas, the college downtown area and, Madison, and the main the downtown. Capital. Yeah, the capital. The thing about it though, I think we were just dumb dumb brains. So on Friday. We went to a classy establishment called Lucille's. We were completely out of like our element. Our element completely. It was like thirty-two dollars yeah. for two pizzas, but we it were, was nice. No, it was very nice. But we thought we were like way like off from the college. And then the next night we went to State Street, and you could see the Capitol pretty clearly. So I'm pretty sure we were pretty close to each other. I'm sure we were closer, but it's two distinct like districts. Yes, kind of. Lucille's yeah. for the grad students. Lucille's is where all the professors go to uh, grab a craft brewery (laughs) after a long day. Yeah, we were the youngest people in there by a good amount. I would say that. But nice place, good pizza. But overall, Madison, cool game day environment. But uh, Oh, yeah. Middle the, fan, the fans were great, too. No, fans were great. We they were very nice people. Very nice, very courteous to us, very welcoming. I, I didn't I didn't really get to see their tailgating scene. It was kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. It was not, not like one distinct area. So. Camp, Camp Randall was electric. Jump around was, I think, absurd. Jump around was very cool. I we and weren't in you the guys, press rounds. Yeah, you guys didn't get the field in the press box. Oh my god, a hunt! It was like shaking. We were like completely shaking. Like I was box. like shifting up and down. I was like, "What is going on?" I will say this: I think there's jump around and the enter Sandman at Vatek are like one and two for student experiences at a college football game because it's just like adrenaline pumping. You're having such a good time. But if you're a fan at Wisconsin, you've had season tickets for 40 years, you're just like, do we have to do this again? I feel like they love it. I feel like that's just my narcissistic mind going to work. But I feel like my dad, who's a season ticket holder for Michigan State, like in his 10th year, is like, do we have to jump around in the third quarter? Like, I, 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 I feel like on those games where it's, you know, 10 degrees and there's four inches of snow on the ground. You got to get something to get your, know, your blood pumping again in the third quarter. The thing about it, the students come for the third quarter. You could tell. Oh, yeah. There were still students streaming in midway through the second quarter, and that was so alien to me. I'm used yeah, to students weird. streaming out yeah. at that time. And it was, coming it, it was not their fault either. It's because of all the foot traffic. Yeah, no, the foot traffic was quite busy. Yeah, there was a lot of Michigan State people in Madison. Yeah. A lot it, of Michigan State people in Madison. But, uh... Other than that, really good time in Madison, Wisconsin. We had a good time in Middleton, Wisconsin. <laughs> but so we were a little bit outside of. We were in Madison for uh, our hotel, right? Correct. Yeah. Technically, yes. Technically, yes. but we went a little bit outside so we could watch some of the games. So we went to a local bar called World of Beer, and let's just say we were out of our element after like we were there for about an hour and a half. We, we were, were so- we were never in our element the entire time we were in the state of Wisconsin. No, we weren't. Shout out to Wisconsin for not selling beer after nine o'clock. Complete <laughs> idiots. That was the most frustrating uh, for thing. McCray, we're talking, oh my god. We're talking about box anger issues. I thought McCray was gonna have us all dead. Uh, yeah, I thought he was gonna rip <laughs> the door off the car. We went to this place called Quick Pit because these Wisconsin Quick Trip, Quick Trip, Quick Trip. Quick Trip. Quick Trip. whatever. Same thing. 
wherever these Wisconsin locals who are in the parking garage with us told us to go there because the night before we had this problem. And they said they'll sell it to you after 9 o'clock. Turns out they didn't. They, we got there at 9.01, right? 9.01, yes. McRae and Hunt, the 21-year-olds, going in there. So, yeah. The, the, tough law for Wisconsin, but great trip. Good, a lot of good memories and uh, definitely want to get back to Madison. Yeah, I, I agree. Agree. Good burger. Yeah. Good burger at Muya. Great sauce. Oh, my God, yeah. That was the only thing that was great about that day in Madison because Michigan State did not show up to play. Did not show up to play. I don't see the score here, but I'm pretty sure it was 38 to nothing. Was 38 to zero. 38 to nothing, Wisconsin. I mean, Michigan State didn't get off the bus. Badgers dominated every facet of the game. Jack Cohn, 18 for 21, 180 yards, one TD, 95.2 QBR. Jonathan Taylor, 26 carries for only 80 yards and two TDs. Chris Orr, six tackles, one sack, one pass. What is that? Deflection. One pass deflection. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta make that more obvious. Defense, for me. sorry, De- sorry. Def- yeah, deflection. Press, press breakup. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And uh, MSU, 149 yards of total offense. It felt a lot less than that if you take out the Tyree Thompson fake punt. Lewerke and Lombardi combined to go 12 of 30 for 119 and two interceptions. Ty, like you, like I said, Tyree Thompson was Michigan State's leading rusher with 20 yards on a fake punt. That's embarrassing. Very embarrassing. Even John L was never shut out and only scored less than 10 points twice. Not good. Shout out John L. Smith, but go ahead, Dandron. Mark D'Antonio, uh, counting that game as the 17th time that he has scored less than 10 points during his tenure at uh, Michigan State. Not surprising. There's been some bad offenses in this uh, in his tenure at Michigan State. And I like the last note that we got. I don't know if it was McCray or Hunt that put this in McCray. <laughs> McCray. MSU Twitter will be toxic until at least November 5th for the Champions Classic. That is probably correct. Yeah. It's not it, – if you're a Michigan State fan, it, it, there's like two sections of Michigan State fans on Twitter, the rational ones and then the people who think Mark D'Antonio can't do anything wrong. It's it's crazy to me. There, every Michigan State fan loves Mark D'Antonio. I, th- I, I don't think people like – on the one side, or like you gotta let Mark do whatever he wants. Understands that you cannot let like let let's just settle down. Twitter, like figure it out. Be figure it out. Lions and Michigan State football. Twitter. I need some ration. No one's rational on any of that. I, I maybe I just need to give up Twitter because I get so mad. <laughs> maybe I get so up, mad. Maybe you should give up football. I maybe I should. It would probably make my teams a lot better. Just focus just yeah. on the PGA Tour and yeah, basketball. college hockey. College hockey. You'll, you'll, yeah. you'll be great. Yeah. That, yeah. No, what? That Imagine would be how nice. Zen Collins would be. If no, all I, he did was watch golf and hockey. Dude, his hair I would get, probably I, be down. It'd grow out his hair. It'd be I wild. would get. I get fired up for some Tiger Woods when he's playing bad. I get very antsy and angry. If I wasn't a sports fan in general, I don't know what I would be doing. My blood pressure would be significantly lower. I'd probably be a lot skinnier. I'd be a lot healthier, and I'd probably live an extra fifteen years. No, I will say this: sports is like the dumbest concept ever. Oh, the, it's the, the stupidest thing ever, <laughs> but it's like my favorite thing in the like in life. I like I need it to breathe. I need it to breathe. I like I need that Thursday night football game. I need that Super Tuesday with Brent Musburger and some random guy from the Big 12 when Kansas beats Kansas State for like the 100th time. I need all that little stuff about f- sports, but it's so stupid because I root 
I root and I root for probably like three moments in my entire life. It's so stupid. I pointed out four so everyone's <laughs> laughing at me in the studio, but I meant, you know what I meant. It's such a dumb concept. I, wow. I can't agree with you more, yeah, Collins. That's, so stupid. That's spot on. And speaking of stupid, Michigan right. State's effort was pretty stupid on Saturday. I like the transitions I've done this year. It was it, it was a bit good. The it, transition was great. The MSU you. defense was or not defense effort. Defense was, was pretty great. bad too. Uh, abysmal, horrible. It, it it was immediate that the they they're going to dominate on the trenches. Literally, it was like that. You, oh yeah. And Joe Bocci gets a uh, second team All American recognition. Shouldn't be getting that recognition if that was up to me. Mid season All American. Yeah. I, I would you agree with that? I, I I don't think he had a very good day in Madison, Wisconsin. I don't think anybody on the Spartan defense except Antoine Simmons. Except Antoine Simmons, he's a monster. I don't understand how. If you want to beat the Michigan State defense, it's really easy. All you got to do is have some pre-snap movement, yep. and they don't know what the hell to do. Uh, you, you're completely right because they did a lot of different things that Michigan State hadn't seen. I think Michigan State was so keen on stopping Jonathan Taylor. Wisconsin's offensive coordinator, Joe Rudolph, was he had a lot of different formations. He found different ways to get Jonathan Taylor the football. I think they ran that play action where he just kind of goes out in the flat three straight times, and it, it worked really well. They put Jack Cohen in a lot of good situations, and Michigan State's defense stood in a zone the majority of the day, something I never thought I would say. No, and that's a good point. I was just going to bring up Cohen. Cohen played really well. He played very it's good. It's Cohen. Cohen, oh, sorry, you Cohen. You keep saying Cohen. I'm, I apologize, McRae. McRae was very... That was Bach talking in McRae's body right there. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, man, you're Bach, so right, dude, too. Bach gets on you. He... No, and that's... Hey, we're, you know... No, you guys are very good friends, but I, I, I'm, I'm, like, listening to the banner. I'm like, wow, Bach is feeding it to Dandron right now. <laughs> it's, it, can be, it can be a little rough, but I'm not even going <laughs> to get into it right now. I'm not going to get into it, but it's all good. All right. Cohen... Jack Cohn, who obviously we know the numbers, 18-21, whatever. But I will say this, Michigan State played in his own and probably had a big part to do with this, but he had nine throws, nine completions of his 18 were for 10 or more yards. And I think eight of those were 11-plus yards. So really only one of them was like a short, was like a 10-yarder. But the rest of them, he went down. I mean, he wasn't like pushing the ball like 50 yards or anything. Yes. But he was doing a lot of things right. And the offense in general, they had a ton of yards. They had almost 20 plays of 10-plus yards. They were getting a ton of chunk plays. The defense, I mean, playing in a zone can contribute to that, of course. But at the same time, it's just they just didn't. They don't gas the entire time. I think the best word to describe Jack Cohn's play was surgical. Yes. His pass precision was unbelievably awesome. It was very game manager. Much better than I thought he was going to be. Exponentially better than Alex Hornibrook was at any point last year. And that's 100% true, but at the same time, where's this Michigan State defensive line that we've been talking about? They were nowhere this is to be supposed found. to be one of the best defensive lines in the country, and I feel like I'm watching the Lions. No pressure. Absolutely nothing. Jack Cohn has all day to sit back there in the backfield, and every quarterback has. Justin Fields, except for the first quarter of the Ohio State game. Michael Penix, for pretty much the entire Indiana game. The only times they've been able to get consistent pressure, even Jaden Daniels was even uh, even able to sit down and find open receivers. It's been a totally different defense since Western Michigan. I think pressure is one thing. I think Michigan State's D-line has done what they're good at, which is stopping the run, limiting Jonathan Taylor to only eight, you know, 80 yards on 26 carries, you know, 3.1 yards per carry. And 
I mean, how pressure has been hard, and I don't want to give an excuse for the Indiana game with Michael Penix, but Wisconsin's offensive line is a, just disgustingly good. They're very good, very, very, very good. So you got to give credit where credit's due. Yes, Michigan State's defense, especially the defensive line, which we've heard so much about, needs to step it up. But I think they were really doing as much as they could, considering in the first half alone they played twenty four of the thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that's a good time to shift us to the offense because I think the defense. There's some, there were such high expectations for this defense, so I think people are a little bit disappointed how they've performed against quality teams this year, other than Arizona State, who had a freshman quarterback coming into an environment he's never played, which was understandable why they would only put up, like, 14 points. It was 10. Was it 10? It was 10 points. God, what a stinker of a game. I, I completely lost in my memory because I don't want to think about that game because it was a horrible game. But uh, this Michigan State offense is a problem again. Uh, any positives you drew from Ohio State were completely just vanished. Like, Brian Lewerke looked horrible. Well, Wisconsin's defense has a statistically better defense than Ohio State. Yes. They're the number one ranked defense in the country. So I guess they kind of did what the numbers said they should have done. But Michigan State was just so bad. That offensive line couldn't do anything. Brian Lewerke couldn't do anything. Those wide receivers... Couldn't catch a ball. Yep. The only person who looked like he was out there really trying to do anything was Elijah Collins, and he'd try to hit a hole and then just go down right away. I mean, it's it's tough. It, it That was one of the most bleakest offensive performances I've ever seen in Michigan State's history because you know, people like to draw back at, like, when they went to Iowa and they were undefeated and got absolutely hammered in Kennett. That Michigan State team just ran into a buzzsaw. This was different. Wisconsin might be one of the best teams in the country. This team was lifeless on offense. There was no signs of them being able to move the football. Zero. They went up. Wisconsin went up 10 to nothing. I was like, this game's over. Oh, I, the opening kickoff. I was like, this game's over. I yep. mean, the only reason Wisconsin didn't score on their first drive is because of a holding call and a fumbled snap. Yep. It's the only reason. On a fourth and like 19 or sorry, third yeah. and 19, they weren't able to convert. But something I noticed in this game, I pointed it out on the broadcast, was whenever you see Jonathan Taylor make contact and get stood up, somebody else from the Wisconsin offensive line, a tight end, a wide receiver, they come up and they start pushing them. They try to fight for extra yards. I don't think I've seen that for Michigan State this far this season. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I there's only so much harping on the offensive line I can do. No, you're I right. I can't do you're it anymore. Yeah. I just I can't do it's it. It's been two years. Yeah. And ooh, ooh, I I don't even know what to say in terms of some – I don't even want to talk about specific players because – Yeah, because I – they're so banged up along that line. I understand that. But there's certain guys that are playing at certain positions that they probably shouldn't be. I understand that. But at the same time, you got to get – there's – the development of these offensive linemen in the last three years have been horrible. And it's it's, I know you tried to switch the coaching staff on that like that part of the football field. It's not working. It's not working again. So you, they got to go back to the drawing board again to try and fix this offense on. My preseason prediction was that by I think Arizona State Devontae Dobbs was going to get a start. He's and, not, it and it still hasn't happened. Nope. Why? It, it gets to the point where you're just like, why? Why? I mean, like what? He's played one game. Right? What is it going to hurt? Games. What What's going to hurt them by trying that? I if don't he, know. If he's as good as as his his scouting says he was, and as good as he was coming in, he's not going to redshirt. 
there's no point in, in, in holding him back and being like, oh, he'll redshirt. I think that, he is that's, redshirt, though. Yeah, I think he will as well. To the detriment of him, though? No, I, I, I think he plays in two more games this year because he's already appeared in two games. I think he plays in two more games in redshirts. I truly believe that because I, I think they would already have went to him if they decided that they needed his services this year. When it comes to offensive linemen, I feel like there's such a talent gap between being a five-star offensive tackle and being a five-star wide receiver because at offensive tackle, the defensive linemen at this stage, the upperclassmen, are just so much more physical, and yeah. it's it's a totally different game in the trenches. Yeah, it's it's completely because like you got DBs who are two stars, wide receivers who are three stars, and they can have a lot of success right away. They might come in and be a contributor, but offensive line you got to develop. Well, yeah, it, it's playing defensive back is one of the hardest positions to do in football. So it's impressive when a when a freshman defensive back plays, but when a freshman offensive lineman plays, I think it's even more impressive because those defensive linemen are it, it's. It's a much easier position to play at defensive yes. line than it is at corner. You and ha- that's not saying that any position is particularly easy in Division One college football. Just the athletes that you face on uh, on the offensive side of the ball if you're a defensive back are just insanely good. You have to be physically enough to be able to compete in the big time. And I, I don't feel Michigan State feels comfortable in Dobbs yet. So, I, 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 we can stem this question in to the next one. Has this team just given up? Or I mean, was Ohio State just the last straw of their effort? I, I, I get why people say that, but I, I, I can hardly remember a performance at Wisconsin. I've never seen a Michigan State team with zero hope. I've seen Michigan State get blown out in the Mark D'Antonio era, and I, I remember the three and nine season. There was not games like there was uh, last Saturday in Camp Randall. And it's one thing to see zero points on the board, but to see zero hope is a totally different No thing. hope. No hope. None. And I, I want to say this right now. I think this is the first time I've believed this since Mark D'Antonio's 9-3 and three year, his second season in East Lansing. Michigan State is a mid-tier Big Ten program again. They, and I, I find they don't compete in big games. The only team they really play up to is Michigan, and Michigan's really not even that good. So it, it, it's really hard to say that as the success D'Antonio's had. And I know we're only seven games in, but this team's just not that good. No, I agree with you. And people want to say that Michigan State is just Iowa. That might be a little disrespectful to Iowa. Right now it is. Right yes. now it is. I think right now Michigan State, their comparison is more close to Nebraska. No, I wouldn't go that far. I, I, I think they're like, they just, right now they're a 7-5 and five team. They'll give one of the good teams a game a year. So, like, say they play Ohio State tight. Say they play, and that's something that Michigan State hasn't been for, I can't remember, nine years. It, it, it's, it's pretty sad to see that. I think if you're one of those Michigan State fans who, is trying to decide, is Michigan State a football school or a basketball school? I think the last four years, have, since the playoff, have been a clear indication of what the answer to that question is. No, I that, I, I think that's a different question for the, like, based on, like, what fans care about more. Because I do believe people in Michigan care about football more than basketball. I truly, I do believe that. And that's a majority of your alumni, but I know what you're saying. They have the, re, they don't have the, I you would think after the playoff they would be able to turn this, program maybe into more of a 
regional power than they have in the last four years, and they just haven't done that. And that leads to, I mean, that has to be put on Mark D'Antonio's shoulders because they've had good recruiting. When you look at the like the years where they made the playoff, the Rose Bowl, that thirty six and five yeah. run, it's yeah. like he might have kind of set the expectation. I I don't know who I had the kind. I don't know if we all had that conversation before. It's like the expectation got too ahead of what Michigan State is capable as a football program. They're not an SEC school. They're not a Clemson. They're not an Ohio State. Before that, and it's very hard to just become that. That's the thing, though. They did become that for about five years. Yeah, and, and- that's but it's just like and you set that precedent. But then it's just like, how do you maintain that? And Michigan State really has not been able to. No, you're right. And I will. I think they looked at the sits and sits, sits and sits year and the three and nine year as an anomaly after they went ten and three. That I think people were like, okay, Mark D'Antonio is a good coach. He's just got to get the right personnel in. It might take a year or two every once in a while. But it's, I, 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 I don't see any hope right now in Michigan State football program. It's stagnated. This team, I, I don't see. Any potential for this team to be in a New Year's Six Bowl in the next three years? Well, and and that, and that and that is the expectations D'Antonio set for himself, and it's pretty sad to see him have to lower his own expectations. No, that's that's true. It, this is one hundred percent on on Coach D'Antonio. Yep. the way he's run his program has been archaic. Yep, you you can't be as loyal to these guys as uh, you want to be if you want to win football games and win them consistently. Uh, I was talking to Hikaru, our uh, our great producer, uh, earlier today, and I was talking about how during the uh, 2017 season, Michigan State, as a 10-3 and team, you look back at it now, they were two bad weather games and a bad Michigan team away from being another 7-5 and team. I mean, look at who they beat in their bowl game, right? Everybody wants to look back and say, oh, well, they weren't a bad team. Look at how much they beat up on... Washington State. Washington State didn't have their starting quarterback, their two best wide receivers, and their best defensive player for the first half of the game. Yeah, I, I, you can make that case, and I think it's fair. And I, and I truly, as someone who's seen Michigan State when they were horrible with John L. Smith to when they were like building to become something in Mark D'Antonio's early years, and then they were the elite of the elite in the Big Ten in the Midwest— to now they're just another team. And you could see that with the recruiting. They don't have the cachet they thought they were going to be able to attain after they had that success. And you can uh, you can question that to having an older coaching staff, not being able to relate with people, or just being so stubborn. So I, it's pretty sad to see the state of affairs of Michigan State football. Yeah, uh, I know. I just... I didn't look at the updated rankings after they just signed a three-star running back out of Georgia. I forget his name. Which will probably be a good player. They, yeah. They, every time they get a Georgia kid, they're good. Yeah. But uh, Michigan State, coming into this season, was the 52nd—I mean, not this season, but coming into this week, was the 52nd-ranked recruiting class. That would be the lowest under Mark D'Antonio's tenure. It, I'm sure it's gone up, up a spot or two because of the player they just signed the other day. Yeah, But— the recruiting is just getting worse and worse, and it's going to be harder and harder. You're getting beat by Purdue. Getting here, here, beat by Rutgers. Yeah. Mm. Here's a little behind-the-scenes uh, Twitter action for you. I just had both Ryan and Joe sitting next to me proofread this this Twitter poll I just sent out, though. But the question from the SRZ crew, has Michigan State football regressed back to being a mid-tier Big Ten team? We know Ryan Collins' answer is yes. I will say my answer is also yes. I don't know how you, you two feel about it, but... 
I, 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 they're not there anymore. You, I, they would have to, they have to, you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, is this team possibly going to compete against Ohio State in the next three years? I don't see that in any like world, any world. Maybe, maybe Martin Antonio pulls one out of his old like bag of tricks. I just don't see that anymore. I don't believe that anymore. And I was someone who believed that until last Saturday in Camp Radnell. And I, I don't, th- I think that, yeah, they have regressed to a mid-tier Big Ten team. But it's also just like the team that what what the team was supposed to be built around that defense just doesn't have that edge that you should have seen from this from how good that group was supposed to be. It has not. It's obviously been good, but like you're getting beat up by teams, you're getting out talented by teams, and that's just you can't have that if you wanna. The goal is to come here and compete for Big Ten championships, but you can't do that kind of thing when you're not getting four and five stars and guys because the best programs are built around their recruiting and that's not what Michigan State has been able to do really even I mean obviously even during the playoff year it wasn't necessarily but just they just don't have their guys it's not about recruiting it's about coaching and the coaching the last five years have been an absolute abysmal they haven't been able to develop anyone Brian has Brian Lewerke improved since his sophomore year no has Kenny Wilkes improved this year coming into this year no has Raekwon Williams improved? No, he's he's almost regressed this year. I think you can't say Kenny Willick Will- has no, improved. No, he improved. Maybe this year. No, that's what I'm saying, this year. What but, about Josiah Scott? Hey, you he could say injured, that. He was injury, injured from um, a lot, good he's amount of last He's been pretty year. good, though. Josiah Scott's been, I would argue, a top three defensive player for Michigan State. But Joe Bocci, has, has he really, truly improved? Outside of the Northwestern game, he really has not been playing great. No, that's what I'm saying. I'd like... You look at Cody White. Has he improved? Has anyone on the offensive line improved in the last three years? Absolutely not. No, it's all on coaching. And the fact that he had the guts to stick with his guys, put his nuts on the table, and just basically say, screw you guys, my guys are going to figure it out. And guess what? Your guys are not figuring it out. So does know what's going to happen this year? He's going to have to clean house. He's done a clean house. The the people who think Michigan State will ever fire Mark D'Antonio – is asinine. He's not getting fired ever. He's going out wherever he want, like whenever he wants, which I'm fine with. He's the greatest coach in Michigan State school history. You get that's fine with me. But he's going to be forced to make changes, and it's going to be too late. No, I I, be, I agree with you in the fact that whatever changes happen this off season, it's too late. Yes, but I I if if he didn't make any changes after last season, what's gonna what's gonna force the hand this year? Uh, the fact that they're going to go seven and five with arguably one of the more talented defenses in the country. And how do la- we how do we know it's that much talented when we just saw them get absolutely well, steamrolled saw them last by year Ohio be State. a top five defense and go six and six? So I I think there there's I I don't when you look this offense has put Michigan State's defense in such a bad spot. I'm not going to like harp on the defense because they are pros on that defense. I still think Will Kiss is a pro. I still think Raekwon Williams is a pro. I still think Joe Bocci could carve out a nice three or four year, four years in the NFL. But everything about this coaching staff, and you could leave out certain parts of the defense. I think Mike Trussell's a pretty good defensive coordinator. But I don't think one of these coaches has improved one of these guys. And I, I think that's, it's all on D'Antonio. I, there's no one else to blame but him. And if... You want to put it out on recruiting, I understand that, but they've never been a recruiting power. They're always usually a top 40 recruiting class, 
and they they're able to find and identify guys that are Michigan State guys. And know who's doing that now? Wisconsin and Paul Chris. Because guess what? Those guys aren't top. What are they? Top twenty-five, maybe. And and they'll get probably a five or four star O lineman every year. But those running bats that they're run, they're pulling out of there. Monte Ball wasn't a big recruit. Like there there's plenty of examples of how Michigan State can build this program properly. And Mark D'Antonio was the one who built that pr- blueprint. You got to be able to identify your guys and be able to develop them. And they haven't been able to develop them in four years. So that lies the question. What what is his future here? So I I I don't know what else to say, but it it, it you don't have confidence in D'Antonio right now. And if you truly have confidence still in D'Antonio, you're lying to yourself. You you're, just haven't watched li- the game. You're lying to yourself. Lying to yourself. Should we get into a lighter note, or does anyone have any more thoughts on Michigan State football? I think you about covered it. I yeah. mean that that I need to that get illustrates off my, my thoughts pretty pretty well. I had to get that off my chest because it just bothers me that. People don't want to put the blame. I think people want to put the blame on Coach D'Antonio, but they don't understand that this has been happening for four or five years. If we're combining this and the Lions, I think we need to sedate Collins. Yes, I know. At some point, someone's been sedated by this. Someone's gonna have to go get me food because I haven't eaten like five hours. And oh, he's hangry. That's the thing. I'm so hangry, so hangry right now. But hey, let's get to a lighter note. How about the Gophers, baby? They're gonna be eight no till Penn State, right? I keep saying they're going to let one go, lose one. Absolutely rolls Nebraska 34-7. Not even a game at any point. Stop Frost. I'm getting a little nervous, Stop. <laughs> like, you don't, have to, you don't have to be great. You got to compete against Minnesota. Like they, You got to compete against Minnesota. So, that eh, I'm, a little, I'm getting a little nervous. And, and then in that game, Jake Plummer, not that Jake Plummer, Purdue's Jake Plummer. Jack Plummer. Jack Plummer. It's Jake. I'm pretty sure it's Jake. You sure? I you wanna I'm not putting any money because I've already lost enough money this last weekend on NFL. But it is Jack Plummer. Dang. Okay, Jack Plummer steamroll the Terps. Absolutely worked on 40 to 14, wearing those nasty Neil Armstrong jerseys. They look clean. They came out ready to play, and they absolutely housed Maryland. Maryland is weird. I think people have kind of like reversed their take on Michael Oxley. I still think he's the right guy for that job. My like, I I don't know where where else you go with Maryland, but I don't know. I still believe in Michael Oxley. Indiana, I mean, Rutgers stinks. I mean, they're they're a JV team, like you said in the doc. Thirty five to Terrible. nothing. Rutgers and a side note from Alex McRae. Rutgers needs to play UConn to see who should be replaced by North Dakota State. Relegation. I, I, in, I truly in college I, football. I mean, UConn is going to the Big East. I truly believe they're not going to have a Division One program in the next three years. Like, that's sad. Is it went it, to the Fiesta Bowl in 2007. Is NDSU getting the call up? No. I Why want would them to. They? Why would they? Why I would know, you like, want is them? relegation a thing? Like, I don't think, that would no, be I don't think it can happen. It you should, would be dope. But. Like, Rutgers, it's relegated to the MAC. Idaho, I've heard people Idaho say Idaho that. did that. There's a, a direct quote from the Ringers, Kevin Clark. The Washington Redskins are the best example of why we should have uh, relegation-style sports in America. Yeah. It would be sweet. I mean, like, imagine, like, Rutgers going to the MAC for a year, and then you just have, like, Ohio come up and then come right back down because Rutgers would win the MAC. But I, I've heard people say that before. And then Penn State survives in Kinnick. Shout-out to Iowa for wearing those terrible jerseys. Gross. Terrible. They, Hated them. If I knew they were going to wear those yellows, I wouldn't have picked them in the pick'em last it's week. It's not even that <laughs> the yellows were that bad. 
It's Iowa. Kurt Ferentz in Iowa does not have alternates. No. That just doesn't – that's not your brand. Stick to your brand. They had, like, the the throwbacks, like, 15 years ago. Not even that. They had those, like, weird gray ones they wore against Ohio State. I guess that might be why they tried to, like, this concept again, having another home game at night against Penn State. But they were brutal. I hated those. I hated yellow face masks. Get rid of those and never wear those again, Iowa. Just saying. Iowa did have a pretty nasty all-black jersey a couple years ago. Was that the one against Ohio State? I believe that was the one against Michigan. Oh. Okay. I want to say. I'm I, not entirely sure. I Michigan believe has, Michigan. Michigan had terrible yellow jerseys, too. Those stunk. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I, I'll never get Michigan trying to do an alternate, too. Just do throwbacks. And if you do throwbacks, don't do the Bumblebee ones. Are those, uh, oh, I know what you're talking about, the black and gold ones? Yeah. Okay. Like the yeah. all gold helmet. Yeah. Those doesn't are look, doesn't look horrible, but it's it's it was under yeah. Ferentz. It happened. Yeah. And then go to Champaign, Illinois. Michigan started out like a, it was another cupcake game for them. Another lower Big Ten game. They were gonna beat up on them. Got up twenty eight to nothing. Illinois scores what twenty five in a row, and absolutely gets back in this game. Shout out to Brandon Peters. It sucked that he didn't get to play. I wish he got to play because that would be hilarious. Just. If you if you live in the state of Michigan, you know Michigan fans anoint a new backup quarterback as the next Jesus. When like Brandon Peters was one of those guys, they're like, "Hey, d- just wait for Brandon Peters after Jake Rudock." It's like what we heard when those people when we were walking out of that oasis on the yeah. way back from Northwestern. Hey, Joe, was- trust me, Joe Milton's the next guy. Yep, listen to him; he's going pro like after this year. That that that's very on brand for Michigan football, but they they eventually pulled out forty two to twenty five. They're still don't look great, and I don't think Michigan fans are very confident in the Wolverines right now. But still, only got one loss, so it's better than Michigan State. So they're still in it in the Big Ten. No, they really are. They they, they still have a very legitimate shot. I mean, yeah, all, all they need to do is pull out a miracle against Ohio State and beat Penn State this week. Which will be tough, but and then yeah, be Michigan State, but I, they've got a they've got a gauntlet coming up. Michigan State's just kind of getting out of their gauntlet right now. Michigan's Michigan, entering, yeah. Penn State, Notre Dame. I think they have a week off, and then they play State. Yep, and then they play someone else, and then Ohio State, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that's a tough. Eh. If you're a Michigan fan, I I don't know how confident you are going into going into Happy Valley this week. Eh, eh. But uh, let's get into our players of the week. We gotta find some sort of music. Oh, yeah, yeah. We do. Like, nah, 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 nah. SRZ players of the week or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, <laughs> no, you know what I'm talking about? Like get a little maybe we get Stearns to do it. I don't know. Get Ooh. something get us get us pumped up in it. I want I want a Nathan Stearns intro. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Well we, we gotta talk to the we gotta talk, talk to the people. We gotta talk to the people who are up in up high in uh, the impact eighty nine FM. Joe Dandron, not that up high, even though he's about to be the station director. Shout out. Hey, shout out. But <laughs> <laughs> humble Brad. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. Hey, come on, I have to get a little bit of a plug there. Um, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm totally interrupting the flow of this. So Collins, back to you. <laughs> okay, okay. But uh first first player of the week, our offensive player of the week, the SRZ Jason White offensive player of the week. And I believe that I didn't make this one, but Jason White is the quarterback of Oklahoma, right? Yeah, he's the winner. You're exactly right. Did he play any snaps in the NFL? Nope. No, he got kicked out of NCAA, right? What did he do? I don't remember exactly, but I know it was injuries that prevented him from playing in the NFL. But he, he, had, got, he had a really bad ACL injury. He got kicked out of Oklahoma or something like that, though. 
Didn't he? I thought he wasn't allowed to play. I, I mean, I was super young when he was playing, but I could be completely wrong. But for me, I'm going to stay with an OU guy, C.D. Lamb. Shout out to Texas Secondary. Learn how to tackle. Oh, my God. They suck. They they, they are so bad. C.D. Lamb is literally falling out of bounds, and they're, like, pushing him back in. I'm like, hey, maybe go lower. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not try and tackle this guy high. But whatever. C.D. Lamb, absolute monster this week. Yeah, I had... Uh quarterback that we saw earlier in the season, Jaden Daniels from mm. Arizona State, had a game against Washington State. He was 26-36 of 36 for 363 yards, a touchdown, and a 17-yard rushing touchdown. Erm Edwards building something there in Tempe, boys. Building something. A one-loss Arizona State team. Interesting to watch in the Pac-12. And they have a great defense. So, yeah, I they, they can play with anyone in the Pac-12. Who's next? I, I'll go next. Uh, my... SRZ Jason White Offensive Player of the Week is Memphis quarterback Brady White. Went 28 for 43, 363 yards and two tutties. I thought, you know, let's throw uh, Memphis on here. Is it is he white? Like, is his skin color white? I, I don't know. Because that might be the whitest name of all time yeah. if he's a white person. But so. he balled out, had a good game. Sadly, Memphis did lose by two to the Temple Owls. Oh. So well, let's give him some kind of consolation prize. So, Brady White, you're my Offensive Player of the Week. They had sweet uniforms on, too. Mm. Oh, those were dirty. Yeah, I think they had like all black with like the no. It was, pla- it was all white with with uh, black like, with black accents. Yeah, yeah, and it was like the Cincinnati Bengals helmets. Yeah, they, they were nice. Yeah. They were nice. They were Jody. Clean. All right, so we got out of University of Minnesota. Or yes, yes. Rodney Smith. He's been good all year. Yeah, 139 rushing yards on 18 carries and a touchdown. He's one of the better running backs in the Big Ten. Not a lot of people are talking about him. That, no, that offense right. averaging. 186 rushing yards a game as well, and he's averaging 112 of them. I will say Tanner Morgan, fantastic quarterback name. Tanner oh, yeah. Morgan just smells like a guy who's like, hey, he throws a good spiral. Sounds like Taysom Hill to me for some reason. It sounds, it sounds like uh, they're both very white. So Tanner Magnum <laughs> from BYU. Tanner, Tanner might be the whitest name th- yeah. in the world. Tanner and Brady. Brady's up there. Yeah. Bra- Brady Kyle. No. No. Brady, Get out of here, Dandron. Brady White is one of the most preposterous names. That can't. That's a fake person. But whatever, <laughs> whatever. The SRZ. We'll move on to the defensive side of the ball. The SRZ. AJ Hawk, defensive player of the week. Was it AJ? <laughs> was it AJ Hawk where he was? Uh, his sister was dating Brady Quinn. Wait, no, it was Brady Quinn's sister who was dating AJ Hawk. Do you remember that Fiesta Bowl? She had split jersey. Yeah. Never forget 2006 Fiesta Bowl. It's a good game. Brady Quinn versus Ted Ginn and uh, Troy Smith. That was that was a that was a great game, and I uh, I love the throwback Ohio State teams. But uh, my SRZ AJ Hawk Defensive Player of the Week is Israel Mukahamu, uh, the cornerback from South Carolina. He had eleven tackles and three interceptions against Jake Fromm. He is the sole reason why South Carolina won that football game. And he is my SRZ Defense Player of the Week. So I was going to also take Israel Mukuamu for my SRZ AJ Hawk Defensive Player of the Week. However, I don't want to copy McCray, so I will actually uh, pick Jake Fromm, the Georgia quarterback, oh. as my SRC uh, Defense Player of the Week for throwing all of his interceptions uh, <laughs> against South Carolina, a defense's best friend. Uh, for mine, I'm going to go with Antoine Simmons. Because I, I, I do, that was the one positive I saw at Camp Randall. And the fact that I didn't want to do enough research to look up nationally who to be my defensive player of the week. So I just sticked with the game I knew. Antoine Simmons was a beast this week. Hey, you know what? 
I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, just me and because, Joe both didn't have one. In because, the hey, you know what? Didn't have one, couldn't find one. I was furiously typing, looking for one. So I thought you were prepared this week. Well, you know, we all no, say things. Ne- never. Zach Vaughn, pick six. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair okay. enough, guys. I okay. appreciate it. That's, yeah. I, I saw a defensive play. Okay. Guy's good. And he was an AP midseason all Okay. To our to, to the most prestigious award that SRC gives out, the SRC Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week. Mine is our security guard from Wisconsin. Shout out to him for giving his gloves to Alex McRae. Because none of us, first of all, none of us properly packed for Wisconsin. Oh, no. It was so cold. It was, it like, was bitterly cold. It was 33 degrees and windy. And it was free. And you're not moving. You're like a standing object. You're frozen after the game where we were. Because we were just like in a covered little thing where you could do play-by-play. It was a good view. but a Great view. Great view. But, yeah, shout out to our security guard. Super nice guy. Was doing fist bumps every time I was going up the stairs to uh, go to the press conference. Press box. Shout out to our security guard. That guy was awesome. I will say the gloves he gave me were a little small. My fingers ended oh, up that was through. preposterous. You know this, these gloves have holes in them. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, he just gave you gloves. Why are you complaining? No, I'm, I'm not. I wasn't complaining yeah, about him. I just felt yeah, like I were. was. I was Ash Ketchum from Pokemon with the with the fingers cut off the gloves there. Ash Ketchum, what a name. But uh, my SRZ Joey Ellis Powerhouse Memorial or Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week, sorry, is the uh, the guy with the cowboy hat at Middleton from, at, from the bar in Middles- Middleton, Wisconsin. This guy's cowboy hat was paint the picture. Show like paint the picture of his whole outfit. It was just. He was decked out. It do was you, his Saturday best. Do Do you want me to? Uh, I remember very vividly yes, what he please. was wearing. He, he was closer to you than he was to me. But he he had like a Guy Fieri like fire like Hawaiian shirt on, and then over that he had a leather jacket on, and then on top he had a preposterous cowboy hat on that barely fit on. It was studded, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, it was studded too, and it. I was like, dude. And the guy was leaning up on the. He had a great mustache too. He this guy was quite the character. He's the one who that. got eight Modellos, wasn't he? And yeah, he, he said, like, "No, no, no." He goes, "I'll take twelve Negro Modellos." <laughs> it was that guy had a night. Let's just say that's when we got out of there. We were a little nervous. What's going on? <laughs> they, they were they were playing uh, mariachi techno music. That's what that I call it. That was fire, though. That, oh, that was music fire. was. It, it got me hype when we were watching the LSU Florida game. I'm not gonna no, lie. That, the music was good. The music was good. But uh, let's move on to Joe Dandron. All right, so my <laughs> Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week has got to be also because I didn't really uh, think ahead on this one. Freddie Kitchens. Why? That's a, that's dude's, a, a you, <laughs> dude's a unit. Okay, I, I, I like that. Just because he's fat, he made the list. I like that. Joe doesn't get a, a, a frame of the week anymore. No, <laughs> like, I like that. Dude's a if, unit. No, no, no. If, <laughs> hey, if Joe's like guy, I like this. If Joe's stick is this like he just gets, pits a fat football coach every week, <laughs> I don't hate that. I, I really don't hate that. I already that. picked Andy Reid a couple weeks ago. It was between him and Matt Patricia. No, but like if he did this every week, like what if Dandron just like goes, oh. Sorry, I just, I just took all of his picks from yes, the next yeah. two weeks. <laughs> anyway, uh, my SRZ Joey Ellis Memorial Powerhouse Frame of the Week. So I, last night, needed something to watch on uh, while I was eating dinner. 
and I threw on the Jonas Brothers documentary, Chasing Happiness. It was a great film. Cinematic genius. I'm a bit Joe Bros guy. You should go. It's on Amazon Prime. Go watch it. It's really, really good. It's like an hour and a half. It doesn't take too long. But uh, their security guard, Robert Big Rob Feggins, oh, is I've... my uh, powerhouse frame of the week. He is uh, a unit, that man. I know. I That guy's been around with them ever since the Disney Channel days. That guy's oh, yeah. a legend. Oh, yeah. You don't get the nickname Big Rob if you're not a for big nothing. dude. Yeah. No. Yeah, I do house. like that. I like that Dandron house. Dandron's uh, memorial powerhouse frame of the week is gonna be a fat guy every week. I think you should stick to that. But uh, let's move on to the Big Ten this week. Little weird game here. I I, I forgot that the Big Ten, I thought the Big Ten signed this agreement with ESPN, but I guess they signed it with Fox that they're gonna play Friday night games. But uh, Ohio State plays at Ryan Field on a Friday night. That will be. One of the weirder crowds you'll ever see. It's got to be like 75% OSU fans, right? I can imagine, but uh, it's such a unique experience. I don't know what's going to happen in that game. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be very weird. I either As a Chicagoland native, what do you think that environment is? It is will, it like 50-50 or is it going to be like just all Ohio State fans? I don't think Ohio – will Ohio State fans really travel for this game? I, I think – an opportunity to go to a game on Friday and then maybe on Saturday go into the city, that should be a weekend. Maybe. I think I don't know how the atmosphere will be. I think this is either a ten point game or Ohio State wins seventy two to nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. There's no, no in, in between. between. There's I, no in between. Northwestern has not looked good at all this year. I mean, they just get off a bye, so maybe they're ready. But uh, at the same, didn't Ohio State didn't play this week, right? So they both coming off a bye, so that'll be interesting. Wisconsin, yeah, goes to Champaign, Illinois. I actually like this game to be pretty close. Sh- Illinois has always given Wisconsin a little bit of trouble. Like if you lo- like when they go to Champaign, At- Wisconsin always wins, but like that first half is always close. And I think Illinois will come out with a better effort than Michigan State did last week. So. M- Memorial Stadium make reminds me of like an MLS stadium with Illinois Memorial Stadium. Yes. By the way, Illinois, shout out to them for literally having the two most generic names for their stadiums. I think what's a they had Assembly Hall before they had to switch it to the State Farm Center. Yeah. And then Memorial Stadium. Yeah. Cool, guys. Just pick pick a stadium that no one's going to remember about Illinois f- football. Whatever. Forgettable name for a forgettable team. Yeah. Shout out, Lovey. I still believe in you. I think he's going to turn this around. <laughs> I love Lovey. I still, I still believe it. But uh, And then Iowa, hopefully they're not wearing the stupid yellow jerseys. Tries to bounce back after two straight losses. And it's a frisky 2-4 Purdue team who Jake, J- not Jake, Jack Plummer looked very, very, very good last week against Maryland. I know it was in Ross Aid. But I keep an eye on that game. Iowa, eh. Minnesota, another bye week. I like this. I didn't look at the, this part of the dot. Minnesota takes a third bye week vacation to New Jersey to teach Rutgers how to play football. <laughs> That's a pretty good analysis, Matre. I will say that. Next, Indiana has a chance to move ahead in its Michigan State in the Eastern Division as they take on the Terps in College Park, Maryland. I actually think Indiana's not horrible. I Indi- think- well, Indiana, I think, is better than a lot of people thought. I think Penix is pretty good. The thing about it, though, they played Ohio State early in the year and got absolutely like pounded, and they didn't have Penix. So people this have kind of been like, oh, when they played a good team, they got they got absolutely shellacked. If Penance is in there, they probably still get shellacked. But you when you don't have your starting quarterback, it's a lot 
bigger of a difference. Yeah, uh, there is a little campaign going on with some Indiana fans called uh, Nine Windiana. They uh, are campaigning for them to win nine games this year. Nine Which are you can campaign to win games? Yeah, other than yeah. just it's 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 a hashtag. They're trying to start a movement, get the fans behind it. The games remaining on the Indiana Hoosier schedule are uh, at Maryland, at Nebraska, Northwestern at home, at Penn State, Michigan at home, and at Purdue. Eh, Could they do a- it? Eh. Could Penn, they do it? They, honestly, they can only lose one more. Could they do it? I think they drop Penn State, and then that's it. You think they beat Michigan? I, I they, How Indi- crazy would that be? That they are will, not going to beat Michigan. That probably yeah. will not happen, of course. I'll give them eight. But, they could do eight. But, yeah, eight. Because if you lose the one to Penn State, you get nine. I, I like them winning out and losing to Penn State. Okay. And getting to nine. But it's going to be, you're going to have to pull something crazy against Michigan. Okay. Okay. And then game day heads to Beaver Stadium. That place is going to be absolutely electric, white out. Michigan. I I don't think any Michigan fans are confident they're going in to Beaver Stadium and winning this game. Is is that just so? Is that just me talking? Because I haven't taken the temperature of the Michigan fan base. I would have no hope if I'm a Michigan fan going in this game. Hey. I I get Michigan State had Penn State's number last year when they got that game. But I do think, like, because I mean, Penn, they had beaten Penn State the year previously on the field goal. But I, I don't think anybody said this. I think everybody said the same thing. We're talking about Michigan, dude. I know. I'm, I'm saying this. I mean, Michigan State fans said the same thing last year. I think Michigan's got a shot, but it's going to be tough. I mean, last year you looked at they beat they beat Michigan because Traceman Sorley played horrible at the Big House. That was like that. That was the one game everyone was like, "Hey, maybe if Penn State can give them a game in the Big House," and they just Michigan absolutely killed them. And I think people were like, oh, this Michigan team's for real. And then they ended up getting killed by Ohio State. But I, I, you can't trust this team on the road right now. And a whiteout, too. Ooh, that place is going yeah, It's going to be absolutely insane. I I just, right now, I don't see it. Is, uh, is, am I just spitballing that? I just don't see a close team at all. And I, I don't believe in Sean Clifford that much. And I, I, I just, I right now, I just think the environment slash Michigan not being as good as they probably should be. I, I just don't see them going into Beaver Stadium and getting to win. No, I agree with you. I, I think this Michigan team is woefully undermanned on the offensive side of the ball. Shea Patterson was, I believe, 11 of 22 last week, or maybe that was against Rutgers. I'm not entirely sure, but... He has not been good. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. Uh, Shea Patterson is just not the answer at quarterback this year. I thought he was going to be a lot better, and I'm a little surprised, but I don't think they've got it. Yeah, and I, I did until Mission proves me wrong, which they could. If they win this game, their season, like, all expectations are put back on the table. As bad as they've looked, they have an opportunity this week to change the narrative about them this year. If they go on to Beaver Stadium in a whiteout and win. Oh, 100%. Michigan would jump right back into the college football playoff conversation again. Yeah, definitely. Right so, back in. Yeah. So, I wouldn't go right back in. Well, they're okay. They'd be a top 10 team. They would jump back into the, the like race to get to Indianapolis, I think. They'd be a top 10 team in the middle of October. I'd say that's right in it. Okay. Okay. After that sizzling take, it's time for the picks. Ooh, no game. 
no Michigan State game at least two previews yes. this week. So picks from last week. Um, let me tell you boys, I had a bad week last week. It finally happened that I had a bad week and everybody else uh, did better than me. So I went three and four. Eric Bach also went three and four. And then you three, Ryan Collins, Alex McCray, Joe Dandron, were all the co-big winners last week. You all went five and two. Let's go. Very impressive. Uh, Collins, you're still in last place, 19 and 27. Oh, I was but, not in last place. No, not Collins. Sorry, McCray. McCray, okay. you're 19 and 27. Collins, you are 23 and 23. You're at 500. There you go. You. Just watch. I'll be way over uh, by the end of the year. Eric Bach is 19 and 21, so he's, a, he's uh, dropped to fourth place, actually. Uh, Joe Dandron, you're 24 and 22. You have a winning record. That's an absolute How do you feel? <laughs> what a joke. Man, who would have thought? Even though I would have thought. Horrible week last week. Like Rudy. Uh, still in first place, 27 to 19. But that lead is fleeting. I know. Yeah. Nah, nah. I'm on, I'm on I'm, it. I'm, catching, I'm, right on, I'm right on Aiden's heels. I'm going to get hot. But our first game, we go to Louisville, Kentucky. Clemson comes into town. Noon kick on ABC. Louisville getting 24 at home. Clemson coming off the shellacking of Willie Taggart's Florida State bunch. I'll start off. I really like Clemson in this spot. I think Clemson's kind of been downgraded to what they really are the last couple weeks. I think they're still probably a top three most talented team in the country. I, I like Clemson in this spot to beat Louisville, who had a nice week against Wake Forest last week. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the game against Wake Forest last week goes to show more how close the rest of the ACC is yes, and how much better Clemson is than all of them. So I'm going to pick Clemson to cover. Okay. I think I'm also going to go with Clemson Okay. as well. Okay. Hunt's shaking his head right now. 24 is a lot of points. Louisville's not that good, though. Very true. I'll take the Tigers to cover. Okay, I just, they put I, up a fight against Notre I Dame. I just talked Aiden into taking that. No, that I was knew easy. I was going to take it. It was just, I mean, I was kind of thinking, you know, do I want to to stray from the pack and yeah. and pick Louisville? But uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Another noon kick here on ESPN. Columbia, South Carolina will be jumping for this game. They'll get the sandstorm going. They'll be waving those towels in that student section. As Florida comes into town, Will's Muschamp's former team, South Carolina getting five and a half points at home. It seems like a low line if you're a Florida fan, right, Matray? Yeah, no, I think it is a low line. Um, I think Florida is going to come into this game quite inspired, actually. They, they feel like they played very well against LSU, and they want to continue to be in that top ten conversation. So I'm going to pick the Florida Gators. I think I'm... Aiden. No, 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 Joe. All I you. thought we were going. All right. I'm going to go also with Florida as well because that's kind of a, I don't know, five and a half. Okay. So this is the third week in a row Florida has been on the pick'em. Yes. And fourth week total overall for the season. And I got to be honest with you, I am sick of the Gators. I am so sick of them, but I like them to cover. I love South Carolina in this spot. I think Matray's point that Florida will be inspired I think the South Carolina team will be inspired after going on the road to play and beat a college football playoff caliber team. That gives you the confidence that you can play with anyone. I think this game will be a close game. I like South Carolina to cover. Next, we move on. Can I to- flop? Oh, no. Uh, yeah, you can flop. Can I flop? Did I just talk you into can, it? I, you did. Can okay. I get consensus from everybody else, though? Yeah. Sure. A, yeah. Go ahead. You can do it. Dandron? We didn't move on to the next pick yet, so. Sure. All right. Yeah, okay. okay. I'll flop. I'll do it. 
Danger, okay, Danger, you know you can speak into the mic when he asks hey, you okay, a question. Hey, whatever. <laughs> Lay off. Okay, move on to a Pac-12 rivalry. Washington Huskies hosting the number 13 Oregon Ducks. Washington plus three after handling Arizona in the second half last week. This game will be on at 3.30 on ABC. I'm going to say this. This is a fishy game. I don't. I think a lot of weird things will be going on. A 3.30 kick on the West Coast. So that's like, what is that, 12.30? I, I don't know how to do math and time, but I love Washington plus three. I think this, eh, yeah, I love Washington plus three. Even though I hate their Adidas uniforms, this is a weird game. You don't see a lot of teams playing at noon Eastern time in the Pacific. I think this Washington crowd will be alive and ready to go. And I, I just don't believe in Oregon that much this year, even though I picked them to go to the playoff. Yeah, you know, I I want to say Washington. I do. But I'm going to have to go with the numbers, and I'm going to have to go with the Oregon Ducks. I think they can pull it out. I think, uh, what's his name? J- uh, Herbert. I think Jacob Justin. Herbert. Is it Justin, Justin Herbert? It's Justin. Jacob, I was Jacob gonna, Herbert. It, it's Jacob Eason, Justin Herbert. That matchup, I think I'm going to go with Herbert. Give me the duck. Shout okay. out to Jacob Herbert, the former sports editor for, yeah, for WDBM. Yeah. Aiden. Uh, I like Jacob Eason and the Huskies to cover this uh, by a lot. I am not sold. By a lot. So by we're a winning? lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> by you a lot, like though. It was like a 10, like a 25-point dog. No. But, uh, I like them to win. I like Jacob Eason. I Justin Herbert seems like he's regressed this season. I know Oregon's playing pretty well right now, yeah. but he was, like, number one overall pick considerations last year. I think that says more about the draft last year than uh, what Justin Herbert's done this year, but whatever. But we'll move on to Joe Dandrum. I'm going to go with uh, the Ducks, okay. Oregon. Quack, 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 Mr. Ducksworth. Shout out, Mighty Ducks. D1, great movie. We move on next to a game in Gerald Ford Stadium in Dallas, Texas, as 19th ranked SMU, when was the, when did you ever think that was gonna happen? I didn't, but whatever. They're laying seven and a half points at home against the Temple Owls. 3:30 kick on ESPN two. We'll start off with Joe Dandron. Gonna have to go SMU. Haven't really paid a lot of attention to any SMU football. Shane Bouchelle is their quarterback, former Texas quarterback, having a good year. But I'm going with the Mustangs. Okay. Give me SMU. Great jerseys. Go ahead, Matry. You know, I'm going to have to agree with Joe Dandron here. I believe that Shane Bouchelle is a fairly decent quarterback. I think SMU is going to be up for this home game. Temple coming off of a big upset against Memphis. Temple also is the team who went into, uh, or not went into, but beat uh, really rolling Maryland Terrapins team a few years ago. A few so years ago, a few weeks ago. You know what it is. Yes, so, okay. I apologize. Sorry. Uh, but uh, I, I believe SMU, even though they're playing a tough opponent, will cover. Wait, do you, SMU's cover? I like Temple to cover. I watched the SMU game against Tulsa, and I know Tulsa's a lot better than a lot of people thought. SMU didn't look all that great. But uh, I, I, I like Temple to go on the road and cover 7.5. I think that's too much points. I don't like that Collins and I are picking together and that you two are picking together. It just seems weird to me. Uh, I like Anthony Russo and the Owls to cover okay. down in Dallas. Uh it was a big win against Memphis last week, and I think that the Owls are going to continue rolling. They're uh, are they second in the, in American right now. Who Temple? I think Temple is. Yeah. I think they are. I think two SMU. 
Yeah, so yeah. I'll take the Owls. No, uh, wait, are they? Isn't UCF? I don't think UCF has lost to an American opponent, have they? I don't believe so. Regardless, both Temple and SMU are undefeated in the American. Yeah, whatever. Who cares about the American Conference? It's irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> Utah, number 13, hosting the Fighting Herminators in Arizona State. Number 16, coming in. What is it? Where is Utah's college town? What's the name of that? I was going to say that, and I completely forgot. No clue? No idea. No, no one, idea. No one cares, I don't think. No, yeah, who cares? Whatever. Utah, lane 13 and a half. 6 p.m. kick on the Pat 12 Network. Oh, it's Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City? Really? Wow. Yeah. That's where, that's where the game's being played, at least. Yeah, shout out to Utah. But uh, 6 p.m. kick on... So that's a 3 o'clock West Coast kickoff. These are weird. You usually only... When there's big games in the Pat 12, they're at night. So that like this, this stuff weirds me out. I like Arizona State to cover. I did not... Th- what I've seen out of Utah is not... I know this line's absurdly big, and that's usually Vegas knows game. Arizona State's defense is good. And I know Jane Daniels and that offense with Eno Benjamin can provide a little spark. I think they get enough spark to cover 13 and a half. And I don't think... Is it Isaiah Moss? Who's Zach the, Moss. Zach Moss. I haven't got his name right all year. I don't think he's bad playing yet, is he? No, he is. I think oh, he's, he's back. Still, I like Arizona State. I love the fighting Herms. Nice. I love Jaden Daniels and Eno Benjamin. I like Arizona State not only to cover, I like them outright. Yeah. Easy. No. You like them? Matray shaking his head yet. You like them to win outright. Oh yeah, I do. I, I think this Arizona State team actually has some actually has some life. I wasn't really sold on Jalen uh, Jaden Daniels as a passer until last week. I mean, the guy went off for 363 yards and three touchdowns against a conference opponent. Regardless of how bad Washington State's secondary might be, he balled out. Yep. Give me the give me the Sun Devils. Okay. I'm going to have to go with the Sun Devils as well. You give sounded the fighting like, Herms. You sounded like Corso. I'm going to have to go with the Sun Devils. I, I liked it. I liked it. And our last game, we talked about it a little bit already. 7.30 kick on ABC, the whiteout in Beaver Stadium. Number seven, Penn State lets in. Number 16, Michigan Wolverines. Penn State laying nine at home. I love that number if I'm a Penn State fan. Give me all those points. Penn State's absolutely routing Michigan this week. Michigan, if they, I just don't expect anything from Michigan. If they wear those stupid yellow pants with the white jerseys like they did last time in Beaver Stadium, they're going to get shut out. If they wear their all-whites, they're going to get shut out. I hate this Michigan team, and I don't trust them at all. Give me Penn State to cover nine. They can't wear their all-whites. It's a whiteout. So they're going to wear the yellow pants? Probably. I guess. They look horrible. You think Penn State's going to go all white and they got to wear their blues? No, but Penn State doesn't wear all white. They're Maybe prou- they will. No, they don't. The crowd wears all white. They wear blue. Mm. That's that's what they do. Mm. I'm 100% sure. We've seen it in yeah. person. Yeah. I know, but I'm saying, what if they just switch it up this year? I don't think they I don't think they are switching it up this year. <laughs> but draw, I, since you're giving me we such digress. a hard I, since it, Yeah, I didn't try and say that this week, which is probably good for the show. But, but Aiden, what do you think about this game? <sighs> I mean, I'm basing this pick solely off of if I pick Penn State, Collins and I went exactly the same for all six picks. I like Michigan to cover, barely. I think Penn State wins by a touchdown, maybe by eight. Uh, I don't I don't like the Wolverines' chances to win this game, especially during a whiteout at Beaver Stadium. Oh, shoot, it's a whiteout. Oh, man, I forgot. Oh, man. 
Okay, dude, you gotta be more decisive. I will say this. I think Michigan will put up a fight. It's not gonna be like when they played I, Mitch Sorley and Saquon Barkley two years ago. They're not gonna get absolutely yeah. shellacked. I, I like the Wolverines to cover. Okay. I agree. I like the Wolverines to cover. I, I think uh, Penn State can be kind of a fraud. I think uh, okay. James Franklin's going to have a bit of a letdown week, a week ahead of Michigan State. Uh, give me the Wolverines to cover. I don't hate that pick. Oh, man, in a whiteout. Yeah, I know, in a I whiteout. I love it. I love it. Give me Penn State. Okay. Okay, we move on to the wild card, and for the first time ever, I got one right last week. I had Clemson minus 27 against Florida State. I remember that on the top of my head. Steel trap over here. We'll, we'll, we'll go to McRae for his wild card pick to start us off. Uh, I am going to pick a game that features the true number one team in the American Conference, and that's a road game for the Tulsa Tulane. Apologies. Tulane, Green Wave. Great jerseys, and they have a lefty QB. They go on the road to play Memphis, and they are four-point Underdogs. Wow. I am going to pick the Green Wave to win that game. Okay, we'll move on to Aiden Hunt. I'm bouncing back and forth between two games right now. I think I'm going to go with this one. I like the Vanderbilt Commodores, 21-point dogs against Missouri Tigers. Okay. Uh, just because 21 seems like way – I know Vander, Vanderbilt's kind of trash. Yes. But I don't think Missouri is worth I ranking at 22nd. I don't know if Kelly Bryant's playing. I, don't I think, think he's still hurt. I think he is still hurt. So I get that pick. And Missouri Missouri is one of those teams that should not be in SEC. They're one of those teams, like, there's certain conferences where you're like, that's not right. Like, it, it, it doesn't look right. Like, Syracuse and ACC, they're a Big East school. Like, North, like Nebraska, they're a Big 12 school. It doesn't feel right. Like Maryland, they're an AC. Doesn't feel right. There's certain schools like that. I'm basically naming all the big time schools that that expanded, but whatever. We move on to Joe Dangerin for his wild card pick. I this team is ranked to the surprise of me, number 24, Appalachian State, the Mountaineers. First time ever. And I'm gonna take them minus 15 versus the UL Monroe Warhawks. What a weird number. That is a very, very, very strange number. But uh. I've had a tough time trying to find my uh, wild card pick. I usually just pick the Minnesota game, whatever that is. But since they play Rutgers this week, I don't want to touch that game. I'm going to go with Illinois plus 31. They host Wisconsin. They covered last week for me against Michigan. I really do think Illinois will be able to cover plus 31. And if not, take the over 50 and a half. Because Wisconsin might be able to put that on Illinois by themselves, so just a little, just a little advice for you. But another good week of the picks. I right, almost, guys? I almost took A uh, and M minus six. And I a did. Half I didn't hate that against Ole Miss. That seems like a weird game. On the and one that that A and M should win by more than a score. I don't know what Ole Miss is doing with their helmets now. I guess they're just like going with the two tone look with like they're wearing the like light blue ones with dark blue jerseys. Not a fan. And that looked horrible. We were talking about that at Wisconsin. I was like, "What is going on?" There? It looked like you were going through, like you had your little cousin grab the uh, the controller and pick out your jerseys in NCAA like oh six or something like that. Okay. Any final thoughts? I guys? played. I was playing NCAA oh six like three hours ago. Really? <laughs> totally <laughs> oh, honest. Who's on oh six? Is a guy from Boise, right? No, no. it's um, Desmond Howard. Desmond it's Howard. Desmond Howard. That oh, is six, wild. Oh six. I mean, oh uh, eight is Zabransky. I remember. Uh, I think it was like 2005 when Michigan State played at home, 
and they showed uh, Drew Stanton what he did to the NCAA cover because it was Desmond Howard, and he just put a picture of himself in there. Nah, little tidbit for you guys, but uh, love it. Another good episode, boys. Another good episode. Thanks for listening to Spartan Red Zone. Follow our continued coverage on Impact 89FM website. Follow at WDBM Sports on all social media platforms for all things MSU sports. We've got great things going on for college basketball, college football, college field hockey. Shout out Nathan Stearns, who just walked by the studio. But for Alex McRae, Joe Danger, and Aiden Hunt, I'm Ryan Collins. Hope to see you guys next week. You have been listening to Spartan Red Zone, a production of Impact 89FM. For more Michigan State sports news, visit impact89fm.org slash sports.